Miracle Day, The Bloodline. I'm Caleb Woodbridge. And I'm Swithin Dobson. Today we look back over Torchwood Miracle Day as a whole and discuss its shocking finale. Shocking in a couple of senses, perhaps, Swithin. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it a schizophrenic mix of the two? <laughs> the ending, uh, I, I, I hadn't guessed the whole Rex blood transfusion thing. But I realised they were going to sew it up somehow and it was going to be closed and it wasn't in a particularly shocking manner. I mean, they tried to, but it just looked silly. Mm. Um, and clearly Jack wasn't going to die because it reverses again. Mm. So the whole, oh, I'm going to kill Jack doesn't really work. Uh, what I thought was going to be the best thing in the ending was that, oh, Rex has survived and at the funeral dies at the <laughs> end. But unfortunately that didn't happen. Although I actually quite like Rex. Yeah. But I would, I would have liked that. So, I, I don't know. I it just play out how, in general, how I expected it to play out. Yeah. Well, the thing was, was that I guess in terms of the broader picture, um, you knew that they were going to set it it back oh. that death would return, and so you'd have the whole. Um, agonising, oh no, we're bringing back death, lots of people are going to die. And I thought um, they handled that reasonably well, but it was very much what you expected from where the premise was going. I um, expected that it would probably involve um, some self-sacrifice type thing on the part of Jack with the whole thing of him being connected oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, with it. Uh, that seemed to me to be quite likely. Um, I didn't guess the whole Rex connection no. and stuff like that. And that was interesting. And then having it somehow affect him so that he got, when it switched back, it, um, he got Jack's immortality. That I didn't see coming. Um, so, so there were some nice twists, but I think, yeah, um, it perhaps didn't, it didn't surprise me as much as I might have hoped, hoped it would. Uh, I didn't know all the details, all the techno babble and the tunnel through the earth was a bit odd. (laughs) Um, but, and I guess the other thing that I'd say I think was a weakness with a seri- with the series as a whole is that it took a long time to make its revelations, and then when you got to them, you didn't really get a sense of say what the families were trying to achieve. You got a few lines about the society they wanted to build, but I think if you'd have had a bigger reveal of them earlier on, and you'd had more of them trying to put into practice what exactly it was the new society they wanted to build, that would have improved it a lot. It just felt a bit unclear, just a bit uh, uncertain as to where exactly it was going. They wanted to crash the global economic market so they could take control of life and death. Well, okay, it's a bit of an odd roundabout way of doing that to uh, do the miracle. It's a bit strange. And yeah, so very much a mixed bag. There's some great ideas. The miracle concept is uh, a strong one, but I don't 
think they made the most of it and it certainly doesn't live up to children of earth oh no 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 idea but for the material they they actually put on screen the it could amount to about four episodes mm. because as you pointed out the, seemingly the interesting threads are completely underdeveloped at, with the expense of oh let's run around and try and do some spy thrillery thing and not do it particularly well. Yeah, I think there was a clash between the Miracle Day concept and the action thriller Torchwood format, because it's a great idea, but it's the kind of thing that to uh, explore it, you really need it over a span of time. And they did try and do that with the two-month jump, but... Um, I think you needed to do that earlier, maybe do it more than once to really explore the impact of the miracle. And the thing then was that with the spy action thriller stuff, obviously that needs to be fast paced and uh, takes place in a short span of time. And so there seemed to be yeah, the, the the two elements often seemed quite separate. Now when they were able to bring them together uh, such as the investigation into the camp in episodes five and six, uh, the infiltration there, mm-hmm. uh, that was really strong and it worked well. But for a lot of the time, they were, uh, they did feel two things apart, the whole conspiracy stuff mm-hmm. and the miracle itself. Uh, and I don't think it quite managed to marry together those two elements. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's got, um, it's got its moments. It's got some good ideas. Uh, I was entertained by it, but it does feel something of a dog's dinner overall, I'd say. And I'm not sure if I hadn't been, if it wasn't for the Doctor Who connection, if I wasn't podcasting it, I'm not sure whether I'd have stuck with it, uh, all the way through. Oh, yeah. Um, as I said, I, got thoroughly annoyed with it <laughs> uh, if, if, like, three or four episodes in. Particularly the most annoying aspect of it I found when I wanted to throw things at the screen was actually the episode in which they actually do the investigation into the camps. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's quite good. And then you have the oven reveal. Yes. And like, oh, they're killing them. It's like, but they can't die. You've established this in the first episode. Yeah. They're not actually dead. They're living disembodied. So mm. in what you've got to do is you've got to play straight-faced that you are not just your body mm. because you've established that indirectly. Even if you don't believe it, you've set it up. And Yeah, the body in the first episode yeah, where it stayed conscious with the head disconnected seemed to imply that. that. So I, I thought with the burning the bodies, it would be... Um, some kind of psychic energy that was being separated out of the bodies to be used for some purpose. Well, that would have made sense because they would still have been alive in some respect. And that's a question they don't actually ask very well. Yeah. Basically, the categorization system is people who are well, people who are ill, and people who are dead. Mm. And that's pretty much categories one, two, three. Oh, yeah. And then we get a throwaway line to category zero, the people you actually want to kill. Mm. Um, I mean, it's pretty much execution list. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's so kind of superficial. Yeah, and I thought also towards the end they did um, treat it 
they they kind of forgot about the whole idea of uh, people surviving. So when people got blown up, I thought it would be really cool if John Delancey's character, you had his charred corpse sort of writing out, scrawling, um, Charlotte Wells is the traitor or something like that. Something that um, still made use of the miracle concept even if people's bodies are completely wrecked and not actually dead. Yeah. Um, but they didn't, um, uh, yeah, they, they just seem to, uh, towards the end, um, for, for the sake of convenience, forget about that. And, uh, yeah, category, uh, making someone category one effectively killed them and they, stopped dealing with the implications of that. Oh, and they went unconscious. It's like, well, the guy did, this first episode didn't go unconscious when you severed his like spinal cord from his head. <laughs> yeah. He was in bits. He was conscious. Then somehow people became unconscious. So basically comatose. Mm. Uh, uh, yet Rex felt more alive than he ever felt alive. Now, obviously you could say that was impacted with the initial miracle jolt. Mm. But there was no... Like, it just felt like, oh, I've got an idea... Oh, yeah, uh, don't really know what to do with this. Oh, let's throw a few things at it and just try and cobble it together and try and make it fast-paced mm. enough uh, to just run over the cracks, put a few jokes in there, and people will buy it. Yeah, and one of the things we complained about in a few places was the dramatic effect over uh, plot logic <laughs> and <laughs> sense and rationality and the whole thing's like, um, uh, yeah, the... Uh, the whole sequence on the plane, um, <laughs> Gwen uh, changing out of the nurse's uh, stuff into black leather, so <laughs> blowing up the facility, and blowing up the facility, <laughs> and making sure she's on a motorbike in leather, looking cool while things blow up in the background. Now, if if she'd have blown stuff up, but had um, still been in the costume, it would have. Uh, in the nurse's stuff and things. Uh, it would have looked so cool, but it would have been a bit more grounded. And yeah, uh, just so many, um, obviously you want it to be fun, uh, but that's not the same as being brainless. <laughs> um, there were quite a lot of face palm moments. Oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> What, as I mentioned this last time, what particularly annoyed me, we have the whole Angelo and, um, thing, mm. which I despised. Um, but I thought, oh, oh, it's, okay, it's redeeming itself a little bit. Angelo's behind the miracle. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit stupid, but at least it makes sense. And then he dies in the bed the next episode. It's like, well, what was the point? <laughs> <laughs> you give me an episode of this and it makes no remembrance yeah. the entire plot. And then what happened to that field thing he was led on? Which was somehow important. And which complete, and Jack wanted to break it out. And then he was just like, oh, he's disappeared. <laughs> Into the ether. Mm. Uh, yeah. It, no. <laughs> Sorry, that particularly riled me. Um, did that episode. But, uh, shall we yes, crack on with let's, this? Let's, and, let's crack on with the I'm, commentary. I'm sure there's enough breaks in the action for us to discuss things. I'll be judging it after watching it once. If you're listening along at home, press play now.
I speculated at the start of the series that this introductory thing might change as the premise unfolded, but that didn't happen. No. We just have the world population growing pretty much at the same rate as it does with death. Hmm. Um, and the whole um, blessing thing uh, with the crack through the centre of the earth that does remain mysterious uh, it's not explained do you think that's successful as a storytelling decision to leave it not fully explained it could it can work uh, but in this case it just seems so unbelievably bland and rather even though not mysterious more unexplained Mystery and not knowing is, is, is kind of good and fine, and I like you know, some of the surrealist stuff generally does that kind of thing, David Lynch, for example. Mm. Uh, and I like that a lot, but this it just came off as, as bland and banal, mm. really. Here we've got Gwen's opening speech to camera. How did, how did you like Gwen's speeches to camera of the round? The quasi-soliloquies. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think... Um, they're a bit of a Russell T Davies uh, trademark. He likes to use them. He had them in Doctor Who, such as uh, Doomsday. This is the day I died oh, and yeah. stuff. And I think uh, I think this one here is is quite effective, and it sets up the central um, problem and dilemma of the final episode pretty well. Um, and I think when it's focused on the human impact, that's one of the uh, times where Tortured Miracle Day is more effective and just that turn at the end and this is the day I kill him. That is does have a real punch to it and just what it means to Gwen personally. I, 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 can, I, can, I can see why you say that. Um, I found them slightly overwrought and I think it's a problem of the setting of Miracle Day and obviously they're trying to not make it Children of Earth and I really mm. don't want to try and make this into Children of Earth if I was editing it. But the fact of separating her family from her and her kind of convolutedly going back again, you don't get the continuity of relationship mm. with her and her family to make that statement justified with what we see well enough on screen. Mm. It's just a case, oh, we'll better put it in there to give some dramatic and emotional intensity to the episode, rather than it being a natural result of what we've previously seen. Now, obviously, we've seen bits of it, mm. but I think if it had been closely grounded, you know, with her and her family and things, it would have made more sense, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, I think. Um, yeah. Okay, again, you have sorry, you have Esther here with the whole background thing, which is just complete. Let's just nick it from a one hundred and one cutout book to somehow do some background uh, on on her family and how that's kind of impacting them. It's just a lot of the human impact isn't. Is kind of put to the side for the development of action adventure. Mm. Oh, one of the things, uh, t- did you discuss this uh, last week with the whole bringing um, Oswald Danes with them? Uh, they've just 
wipes the memory of the guy who's watching them across the street. Oswald Danes is like, well, you've got to make me come, uh, come with you because uh, I know your plans now. Now, if only they had some memory-altering drug that they could administer to him. I completely miss that, but it makes entire sense. <laughs> I thought that was uh, quite a entertaining example of not joining the dance I was probably just happy that uh, Oswald Danes was on screen again because he was by mm. far the most interesting character in the entire series um, so the, I, I think one thing I felt slightly disappointed about was um, Julie Kitzinger's character because I think in principle she's um, a good character but in the end it didn't feel that she particularly went anywhere in that she was kind of carried along by circumstances she went along with what the families were doing but um, she um, she never was forced to make any of the hard decisions herself um, and I'd have liked to have seen her under more pressure having to um, do something on her own initiative a bit more it would have worked in that respect because she was very much PR trying to put a good face on everything and mm. taking direction or whatever but then actually confronting with more real issues to sort out mm. no could have worked could have worked quite well so we've had so far the blood mm. shown with Rex and which we later think yeah. find out has been for, for, for one terrible moment now I was afraid he was going to say uh, ladies and gentlemen from this moment we are at war <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately he didn't <laughs> narrow cl- cliche escape there <laughs> Let's uh, get it's getting into action adventure mode again. This is Shanghai. We're and I thought just uh, that they were going to blow it all up and bury it was a slightly uh, mundane um, conclusion to the uh, plans of the family. So. Uh, was expecting something a little bit more apocalyptic. Um, do we, we don't really get much idea of what the second miracle would actually do. At least, unless I've forgotten. Well, I think it's more that they're making the first miracle permanent. That they, uh, they're burying it so that no one can do anything to interfere with this that's quite lame I I was quite pleased that they did acknowledge uh, um, that they aren't exact antipodes um, being this area in Shanghai because I did check on Google there (laughs) we'll just pick things with big population centres with sort of antipodes so we can hide things Mm. they are pretty close on a global scale but yeah and so, so here we have this whole thing about the uh, average life expectancy being the same as for the whole world in the area around there. Now, I find that a bit hard to get how understand how that would uh, work. Does it? 
does the blessing somehow kill people off when the average is getting too high or keep them alive when they should have uh, died it seems to require some kind of fairly uh, exact intervention to do that yeah I mean the question is which is of causation I mean take 20th century general life expectancy is increased okay in the logic of the show then is this then because somehow the the blessing has decided or has a natural tendency to let more people live mm. and live longer um, it's it, there is, doesn't seem to be any clear causation at all to really make any sense except for trying to make mm. it sound yeah. clever and I mean what would happen like uh, the rape of Shanghai uh, by the Japanese in uh, World War 2 if they went in and uh, killed everyone uh, there would that sort of would they have either been kept alive to match the average of the entire world or would the world population have been decimated somehow I, I, I mean not decimated because that's 10% as the master pointed out correct so, uh, theoretically reduced yeah, I, mean, I suppose they wouldn't want to go this way. But if, if you made the blessing more of a quasi-god type figure, mm. in, in the more of the Eastern sense of kind of yin and yang, karma, equilibrium type thing, yeah, then you know that would make a little bit more sense and could be slightly more interesting. Mm. But all it seems to be is is pretty much a big number crunching machine which we can only now do because we've outsmarted it Uh, it, it, it's like Richard Dawkins we've outsmarted evolution but in the same way now the technology has outsmarted the blessing so we can manipulate it Mm. Uh, at pretty much the same level (laughs) I think um what do you, how did you feel it worked with having the mole in the CIA? Well, the mole in the CIA, it's a, it's a classic kind of conspiracy trope. We've got moles before, and that's mm. fine. But all she is, is a mole. Is, you may as well made her about three inches long and put glasses on her, and she would have performed the same role as a mole. Um, and there's a fundamental problem oh I'm using my phrase again um, <laughs> <laughs> it's never just a problem it's no, always a fundamental, fundamental problem, problem. But the, you have the whole families and we know nothing about them except that they tried to buy Jack mm. when Jack was being killed repeatedly in New York um, they're kind of shadowy figures and I don't mind them being shadowy to some extent it gives a bit of menace and a bit yeah. of but you know so little about them and all they tend to be is big number crunchers uh, and you just for some reason want to reduce the world's population by ex- making all of them live yeah I yeah I, th- I think just some sense of her personal loyalties and her motivation why she's dedicated to the family do they brainwash their children into being dedicated to the cause how how does it work how do you grow up in that and yeah just um, some sense of the internal psychology and motivation there would have been interesting which it then comes to a similar problem which the first series of Heroes had even though Heroes versus Heroes is a lot better than this, is the idea is essentially revolves around population reduction by an elite. Mm. Now, to we, make 
making the entire world immortal is a bit of a counterintuitive way of going about that. It is, but I think the, the kind of biggest problem with it is you have absolutely no sympathy whatsoever for the motivations of certainly in Heroes and with the family here. Hmm. Now, I'm not at this point, before anyone complains, I'm not advocating population reduction. However, <laughs> bet you think it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> but the, you know, you can do it. You can make a case, and you can make it look at least plausible for the characters involved as to why they would do it. You get some random vagrant killing children or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, maybe, maybe the families. Oswald obviously it's played over a longer period of time so you've got to try and put the, the time scale in but you've got to give them a sympathetic kind of reason for wanting to reduce the world's population and you, you focus on the down yeah, the badness of society the evil of man I mean that's what you focus on and in relatively speaking they aren't as bad and you know they generally use a utilitarian justification for it and you know, and it kind of looks plausible to some extent, but you don't get any of that. They just end up as being, oh yes, we have we're blonde, we have blue eyes, and we're going to kill everybody. I don't know, are we? Mm. Um, now, to be fair, I've never actually seen anyone do it how I would consider doing it properly in this population <laughs> reduction thing. But I, I think it impl- pl- in principle can work and would be a lot more interesting for it. Mm. Yeah, you could um, present villains with a uh, believable motivation oh, yeah. for, for that, and we don't really get much sense of their motivation. And... Except that I thought the idea originally was that they wanted to live forever. Hmm. And then it's like, well, in that case, just make yourself live forever. Why make the rest of the world live forever? Hmm. And your friends. But we have here Oswald Danes. What, what did you think of Oswald Danes throughout the, the series? I think he's certainly an interesting character, and they um, play with the idea of, oh, is he going to um, become repentant, redeem himself? Uh-huh. And I think it's quite um, effective just that he remains um, unrepentant throughout, that he. It is he's uh, he recognizes who he is and uh, it's yeah it's it is quite um, well done just in terms of portraying someone who is a monster but in uh, without making him too <laughs> over the top mm-hmm. um, I thought it was quite effective uh when he, he, although he does seem at one point to try to change his life, particularly when he Julie uh, gets the prostitute for him, yeah, and he actually wants to just to go out and talk to her, which I, you know, I felt quite sad. Then you know, he he, he seemingly trying to change. Mm. Um, although I did think the reveal of him, he, he doesn't change them was a bit silly. With the whole the, of the the, the blessing reveals yourself to you, mm. it's like well, you may as well have done a horror film and replaced it with a mirror. <laughs> you know your other self and who you figure out who you really are it, it, it made me think of the uh, total perspective vortex in yes. Hitchhiker's Guide yeah, to the Galaxy yeah I was thinking that as well um, but 
with Oswald Danes, perversely, I found him quite sympathetic. Basically, I think for the fact that he was quite interesting, so I wanted to keep him on screen and root for him. Mm. And I, I really did like his complete over-the-top um, quasi-messianic speech he made at the end of one of the episodes. Yeah. It was really quite, it was really quite fun. Um, which is, I, uh, I made this comment last time, he is obviously creepy. I mean, I don't deny that. But again, I think it would have been interesting. I th- I probably think he comes across possibly as too sympathetic. Or maybe that's just me. Because he kills an unnamed child, essentially. Yeah. Which is similar, actually, uh, to the random girl they throw in at the Category 1, who is 16 and nobody knows. Mm. Essentially, Oswald Dane just killed her. Which I don't think makes him as evil as he's supposed to make out because yeah, we you're, have no. You're not. You're not given. Um, you're not made to feel what he's done. Particularly, you don't ever meet um, the family of those who uh, who um, his daughter he killed and on the TV. Sort of, it would make sense to bring them into the story at some point with all his television appearances and stuff. Um, but something that would really uh, get across uh, just a sense of the impact of what he's done. All you need to do is you get annoyed people throwing things at him from a distance, mm. which is just like, oh, they're just throwing some stuff and trying to kill the, an interesting character. Go away. You know, the, the, it, it's similar to some extent, I commented on the last time, um, how Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption now clearly it's not the points in Shawshank Redemption but all the inmates you have no idea what they've done Mm. and so therefore they're sympathetic which is why it's an interesting comparison with the Green Mile when you clearly do Mm. Uh, which I think if you could marry them together would make an even better film because it'd be much more rounded in the the characters which I think is a a problem with the way Oswald Danes is portrayed in this analogously um Another interesting uh, point of comparison that we chatted about before was um, Children of Men, uh, Alfonso Cuarón's dystopian future thing where um, the human race has stopped giving birth to children so everyone's growing old and dying. and then you get, of course, the one pregnant woman in the world. Uh, and um, it, that's quite a similar big concept, dystopian, uh, just trying to find, a, um, yeah, the, the one person who isn't affected by whatever's happened and so on. Uh, and how, how do you think it measures up to similar high concepts? Um, The thing is, I didn't particularly like Children of Men for similar reasons to this, um, in that it makes the government and basically all the bad characters out pretty much to be bogeymen. Now, I know you could claim it's to see what people do in certain situations. Oh, here we go again as an aside, another random, let's just blow things up Mm. again. for some reason, they must have like shares in pyrotechnic uh, companies rather than <laughs> drug. Co- it's not FICOR, is it? It's like the pyrotechnic core instead. I mean, explosives is being used. But um, back to Children of Men. 
is that I had a good idea to change the script, but I've forgotten most of it after I've seen it a while ago. But the reasons the government works and the way the government works is completely unsympathetic because you don't have a character in the government deciding why they're doing certain things, which I think is the problem with this. It's about the system. Yeah, it's the system. But it's like well, the system's run by people. You know, it's not just deus ex machina, the system coming out of the machine that somehow runs yeah. it. Now, unless, of course, you're making a... You want to try and make a point that the system is mysterious in kind of like a surrealist sense, then, you know, there is a bit of mileage with doing something like that, but that would play into more of a similar kind of karma, kind of god-type thing with the blessing. But basically, I'm such saying I want Peter Capaldi back. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Um, I mean... Fira Hanez earlier on in the series was a kind of window into some of the decisions being um, made and she was uh, a bit like the uh, Lois Habiba equivalent in some sense <laughs> uh, but oh yeah um, uh, in in this you, you don't have that insight into what's going on and the decisions being made and obviously the danger of that would be repeating a bit too closely um, ch- Children of Earth but Children of Earth was really good <laughs> I think um, uh, it would have worked um, really well it would have added another dimension to uh, the storylines explored here yeah I mean it would, it would have been similar in some respects although it clearly would have been different because I mean in Children of Earth the, the threat is very immediate whereas in this the threat is creeping mm. as it were with the amount of people who are alive and not yes. alive at the same time and so I actually think the way you contrast it with action kind of spy thriller with kind of um, the, the, the concept the miracle mm. it might have worked better if they'd just gone political thriller mm. rather than because political thrillers you can make them quite not slow but they can be even more even pace to, mm. to discuss things this reminded me of a very good political thriller, which I saw a long time ago. It's a Danish film called, which translates as The King's Game, or Concarpel, which rolls around like a journalist and machinations and the political hierarchy, which I only saw once. I remember being very good, but wasn't deliberately fast paced. It was a very kind of evenly evenly walked piece, and it gives you time to discuss the interesting questions as to how do you decide who is alive? What is life? What is death? Because clearly that's something that needs to be raised in this. And then obviously the psychology of why you've done whatever you you do in in the governmental positions, Mm. um, which which you don't have. So even though I could see why you could think it was, it could be taking its children of their territory, the nature of the threat is significantly different, I think. Mm. And there's more... Another interesting issue would be, I mean, the portrayal of the Prime Minister and politicians, the Cabinet, in Children of Earth is very, very cynical. (laughs) Now, uh, do you think uh, that 
America would accept a show that portrayed uh, the president in the White House um, uh, making those kind of decisions in this way. I mean, implicitly they have because they don't back down from um, the camps and uh, furnaces and stuff <laughs> but um, just knowing the differences in culture between the two countries and the much greater uh, reverence for uh, at least for the office of um, the president and um, so on uh, would, would it have been possible to do that in a American context do you think? Well you meant, that's an interesting point because normally with the conspiracy thriller type things mm. it's very rare I actually can't think of any in which it's actually the politicians really that are I mean there's a few that didn't 24 have a evil president once I've only seen the first season because I've, I've it's not a show I've watched but apparently because um, I thought there was an interesting connection between um, what the stuff going on here and the uh, accusations were against Obamacare that it would introduce death panels. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. As, um, uh, as Sarah Palin memorably <laughs> uh, dubbed them, um, and this whole paranoia um, about if you have um, uh, government involved in healthcare, then it will lead to your loved ones being uh, taken away and. Uh, all this kind of thing, uh, which is probably the opposite political agenda to uh, what most of uh, what Russell T Davies and Co would have. Well, it's uh, an interesting uh, parallel there. Well, but early on, you kind of had the reference of business being in healthcare bad. Because you have that, you know, it's clear that, you know, uh, getting rid of prescriptions is a bad thing because drug companies are going to make loads of money and everyone's going to be kind of yeah. immune to everything like that. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, but yes, with the, with the politicians. Most of the spy political revolve around people in the kind of intelligence services mm. rather than politicians. In the main, so for example, uh, the Bourne series is is the same. It's the secret underbelly of the government, which isn't really, um, isn't really uh, supported ostensibly by the government. It's kind of mm-hmm. the shadowy figures in the intelligence services. So that's where. So whether they would wash it, I don't know. Um, they do a little bit with one of the politicians, who they end up uh, putting in a big. Um, crushed bit of steel in the uh... yeah but she's supposed to be a member of the tea party oh, so, obviously so, evil. so it's okay to hate her yeah um, I don't know I, I think there, there, I think there, there is space for, the, for that kind of uh, cynical politician types um, but it would be interesting but that brings up the interesting point of taking it to America and trying to make it more of an American show because mm. I mean one of the uh, unique uh, things about Tortured was its Cardiff setting so it's like X-Files or CSI Cardiff mm. um, and so if you actually move it to America it's one of these American style uh, shows uh, in America you've moved 
um, you've taken away its quirky twist. Uh, and I guess you can still have it to some extent by having Gwen and her family and those characters. And we've got PC Andy here. Um, but it does make it, yeah, there's, um, it's, it's undermining the, uh, the uniqueness of, of it as a show, I think. And, yeah, I mentioned before, kind of the emotional relationships between them, that they're physically separated, which makes it very difficult. Mm. I mean, I, I wouldn't have, I mean, it'd be really stupid because they wouldn't move at all. But if you could make some hackneyed, plot idea just to get everybody in the States and keep them there I think even though it would have been stupid it might have worked better had they done that mm-hmm. somehow um, just so you don't get the split loyalties around and having to jump back and forth and not really seeing the characters are actually interested in that frequently because we've got to have an episode which somehow Gwen gets through security we don't know how and just jumps back to Wales <laughs> yeah um, it's just a bit just a bit um, bit silly with the action adventure stuff I mean when they they do show that they can actually do it reasonably well I mean it's yeah. very kind of generic but you know they they put things in the machine and, and the machine at bit points is well oiled and you know and this is reasonably slick getting them yeah get, get them in when they when they do it but it's just it's very much jars with the original concept yeah it's the integration of all the elements it's bringing it all together in the way that adds up and it all works together Ooh, and um, yeah it does seem an odd hybrid <laughs> so now we have um, Bill Pullman's Suicide Bomber which I, I, I think I laughed at this point <laughs> I was expecting it but it's just a bit oh uh, let's Bill Pullman probably at this point not agreed to do another series or is too expensive we're going to have to dispose of him I know let's turn him to Suicide Bomber <laughs> well I, I, I never expected Oswald no. Danes to survive the series he would have been a really interesting character to keep around he would have been like a, a weird Siler character but more weird yeah now if they'd made Oswald Danes immortal rather than <laughs> that had been brilliant <laughs> that would have been interesting I, I don't know it, it, every point it could make it different and more difficult and common they just seem to make, take the easy option out I mean obviously the ending maybe isn't the ending ending yeah, I, but a, a lot of the things it's just a bit convenient the, the way things pan out a little bit thing is we don't need our guns, our threats. We have blood. And now we come to the big mirror. <laughs> we are... Drops of blood streaming. I did find that slightly odd. Um, you know in the previous episode, the little bits of... Like, yeah. It's like a mite crawling across the, the floor. Yeah. 
that, I, I thought that was quite effectively creepy. Yeah, it, it was, but it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm unsure of it. Um, so I suggest you're very careful with me, okay? But interested with the whole um, morphic field and the blessing. Now, obviously, I understand why everyone becomes immortal because they put the immortal blood into the blessing. Mm. Why does that make Jack mortal? I don't remember. I think they might have mentioned it at some point, but... It doesn't seem the most intuitive thing to take place. Especially because Jack... Is Jack human? Um, is he, yeah, originally. Yeah, he's from the 51st century, but he's definitely from... Originally from Earth, he's not... Uh, not from Earth, but from a human colony. Oh, he's a human colony. I couldn't remember. Okay. Okay. From... Yeah. That's. <laughs> I, I like to Gwen's line about being a working man. Yes. So they're able to look into the total perspective vortex and recognise what they've done, but live with it. Now, a total perspective vortex could be really quite good if used differently. <laughs> if it really was the total perspective vortex or something similar to that, and getting this very wide view because that would be something interesting if you had a clouded one especially if you wanted to make sympathetic the kind of family characters as they could see the broad perspective is that society would ostensibly be better if they could have this mm. total perspective this yeah, doesn't now, happen now that's, that's interesting if the um, blessing was uh, altering their perceptions and giving them a yeah, a different view on things. And, yeah, again, that would give you a, a reasonable reason to kind of sympathise and... Not say sympathise, empathise is probably a better way. <laughs> Lest I come off as uh, slightly nastier than I try to. <laughs> um, oh, we, we get the uh, Doctor Who references to the Silurians and the Rachnos and the oh, yes. particles. Which is quite nice to have those nods oh, yeah. tying the two series together. So. I mean, you had the oh yeah, the Doctor reference because you had the very much Doctor kind of parallel with the uh, Jack and um, the guy. Oh, was called uh, Andre. Not Andre. It wasn't called Andre, was he? Angelo. Angelo. Yeah, because that was a whole Doctor companion relationship. Because mm. Jack self-consciously tries to set himself up as a new Doctor at that point. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely trying to link the series. Do you think they, with the whole action-adventure thing, thought that we're making it an American series, so we're going to have to make it like an American series and try to shift it to a more traditional American show? Probably. I don't know whether they consciously set out to do that, but I guess just making it in that environment alters the nature of it. Mm. We fed it. We fed it the blood of an immortal. We had one remarkable artifact. Yeah. What do you think about it, it being tied back to Jack again? Because we had this with Children of Earth as well. And I was thinking... Mm, second big thing running I'd have liked it if it was unconnected to Jack Carter yeah I 
I no, I, I just don't think. Well, one thing I can't remember how they explained why Jack's now mortal. I mean, it would be. F- I think one of the problem, what they tried to do with the Angelo episode, was to show that living forever is kind of bad. Mm. But the problem with that is that Jack clearly doesn't age in nearly the same way that everybody else does. So he has kind of got ultimate, not ultimate youth, but he's kind of got youth a lot longer than everybody else. Yeah. It's, it's unlike, the, it wasn't copied exactly. The miracle gives, um, it keeps people alive, but it doesn't stop them from aging and it getting injured and all these things. So this is what I'm saying is the focusing on Jack of, of trying to, with the Angela episode, which I thought was trying to make him think, oh, living forever is bad, doesn't clearly work because obviously Jack is kind of youthful for a longer period of time so mm. therefore pivoting it on him I don't think works what, what do you think of Jilly's whole thing about shuffling the filth of the rich and powerful um, it would be nice to have seen the filth of the rich you know and the powerful and the, the corruption of the elites because she I mean that makes sense for a character but if she dealt with them more you know, yeah, she clearly we, has high because that prostitute she got, she was doing the whole rounds of in high offices. You know, she clearly got links. Let's get her with them. You know, hmm. let get. It just needs to be more coherent. You need to get the characters in the right places to show what we want to see. Um, and and then. Jilly's character would then make more sense and then if you could give her making hard decisions to make then of course she'd be empathetic because you could see why she would make such a decision yeah my, my problem with her character is that she does seem to be just a bystander here and she is set up at the end for a returning role should the series come back which is looking unlikely at the moment now at this point I did like this twist the blood at, blood at both ends I thought okay that's that's quite nice and I had no idea that they transfused the entirety of um, of Jack's blood into does now about the physiology of Jack does Jack somehow just keep creating more and more blood because if you want to transfuse the entirety of it they need a gallon of blood Hmm. and unless Jack bled over a very long period of time to get a gallon of blood with him not dying (laughs) would be quite difficult Hmm. now I still like the twist I wasn't trying to pick hold but that is a bit of an issue and here we get the revelation, the symmetry between Rex and Jack. Oh, here we go again. Yeah, nice bit of <laughs> well, It's called Bloodline, isn't it? Yeah. We've spent lots of it. Which kind of works. Um, Bill Pullman at this point is looks su- suitably creepy and just kind of evil and deranged. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have had um, some really good performances. Uh, in oh, yeah. The show. 
some of the acting's been pretty good it's just the things around it Bill, Bill Pullman I, I really didn't know who Bill Pullman was before this but he's clearly a very good actor uh, I, I wasn't quite clear on the rationale for them doing this um, I think it was a case of oh we thought Jack's blood was important uh, uh, let's put it in Rex because they won't expect that I think that was pretty much okay. the reason handy that yeah nice bit of foresight <laughs> it is now that'd be brilliant if it was kind of giving you premonitions of the future the blessings somehow mm. now this is then tying it again which I still think is quite similar to especially in the early days of flash forward which goes for the whole premonition thing yeah they get the premonition being wrong would have been quite good and then thinking that if something was really important then not actually being would work quite nicely um but I, I've forgotten about my fast forward comparison because definitely the beginning is very similar to it uh, again it was a kind of a big concept premonition thing at the beginning which kind of gives up on its concept halfway through I think Jack and Rex have a reasonably entertaining relationship to each other yeah uh, playing off each other I think they're probably the most successful of the new additions to the main cast as in uh, meshing together I would say mm. even though Rex especially later on even though Rex at the beginning is kind of the comedy action hero Yeah, this was the kind of thing I was expecting Jack doing some heroic sacrifice. Oh, that. That was more surprising. I, yeah, Esther, I, being Esther being shot did like that. Thought that was quite nice. Oh, yeah, someone's remembered the miracle at last that people don't actually die. We can make her better. If the miracle she dies, is that what you want? Because mm. I was expecting them to go through this whole thing of, oh, uh, he'll die, but it would be with Rex because he was the one who'd had the pole through his chest. Uh-huh. So I expected this kind of, ah, you can't stop us because then you will kill your friend type thing. But, um, yeah, they, it, it's quite a good reversal on. Yeah. I, expectations I oh yeah I, I wasn't expecting that at all um, although I was expecting uh, as we're going to come to now Jack to uh, get up because the whole point is oh it's reversing yeah well, in that case that's that's the theme really state, theme statement no one should have that power of life and death but yeah, but that's just presuppose. Well, I suppose you could say any human should have that power you know, because human are fallen and corrupt. I, I I guess it's no one should have that power over anyone else. Yeah, it's what they're getting at. It is. Although it would have been interesting if you'd have more of a. Ben- no, because the thing is, they talk to us the blessing is a kindness. Don't they talk to a kindness at some point? Am I misremembering something? Kindness was the robots. In yeah, the sorry. Yeah, it was the kindness. But it's kind of a similar to some extent. Oh, this was this was <laughs> hilarious. 
Uh, they, they, they had fun with the CGI here, didn't they? Let's just get <laughs> as much blood as we can flying out of his chest. <laughs> and the blessing game back to equilibrium. Just in terms of the direction, I didn't think uh, it was perhaps as well distinguished between the two ends as possible, because you're viewing them from both from the same angle, and if it had been at, at kind of opposite angles on the two platforms, it would have given a better sense of them being at opposite ends of the tunnel. That's, that's a good point, because they're essentially at the same place. Mm. Now I'm supposed to be Antipodes, but he could have made the other set slightly different. Yeah, I, I, I think it was the same set with different. Lighting. Oh, because because like why don't you? Oh, I know it's supposed to be in Buenos Aires, but put it out in somewhere miles away in like a crater or something. And here we have the voiceover and stirring music. I did think that this moment was done quite well. Just you knew that it would get to this, but just they did. Handle the whole return of death. <laughs> and I think it coming at the end of ten weeks, uh, it does have more impact for the length of the series. But I think overall it would have been more effective, more compact. But yeah. With the. Um, it would have been interesting in, in a kind of more evenly paced series as we seem to hit, uh, touch upon the, the random girl who mm. kind of dies it could have been interesting just having her and just following her for a few minutes in episodes and not really learn very much about her I mean obviously you want to try and put her with some of the dynamic elements but it'd be quite interesting to, to kind of have like a, a mystery character who we don't really know anything about who's just there and you, you've got hints about what her background could be and then, yeah. then dying. I, I, I think the point was that um, just that you've got people completely unknown and yeah. abandoned. And so just I just say I think it would have been quite nice just to have seen a little bit of that rather than oh yeah she's on a bed. No one knows who she is. No one's come. Um, and obviously it makes the whole plotting of things a lot more difficult. Oh, Jack's breathed. Not his last. But his first of his next life. <laughs> Gwen's wide-eyed expression. <laughs> Gwen, come on, you should be expecting that. Guess what? Death came back. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. Death came back mixed in with the end of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> well, that's a shot that's been much parodied. Oh, everywhere. I mean, they did it in Doctor Who with... Um, Voyage of the Damned they had stuff like that and the Cyber Leader and yeah just a little falling falling it out it death came back oh cat fight yeah just a bit yeah just, Jack's gonna get out it's going to be fine and he closes up his chest Oswald Danes wants to die. Oh, something we don't seem to... Uh, isn't really picked up upon is people who have kind of died or would have died on the Miracle Day. Hmm. Who dies and who doesn't 
die, does the body kind of regenerate somehow because of the miracle? Or not? Because clearly Oswald Danes should be dead. Well, I guess um, if it's something that the body's had time to recover from. Yeah, okay. I, I, I was just trying to figure out if they'd actually had any uh, distinguishing... Yeah, but just some of those borderline cases yeah. like with Rex with the thing in his chest it wasn't clear whether he'd be healed and survive or not oh, I think Oswald Danes the, the character who seems to uh, repent but then doesn't and stays his old self mm. he's like the bear from Toy Story 3 <laughs> which I thought was really quite effective because I was expecting the bear for Toy Story to repent and become good but then he doesn't <laughs> the, I, more explosions <laughs> uh, yeah Oswald Danes absolutely crazy sort of chasing uh, women to hell who <laughs> <laughs> was supposed to be over the top He's got fantastic facial expression as Bill Pullman. Mm. He's got such nuance in, the, in his movement of his muscles and his. I'd like this bit because it's unclear, I think, as to who is actually dead and who isn't mm. at this point, especially when you get to the, um, the funeral sequence. Oh, I live again. I'm Jack. Because they're both seemingly unconscious there. Yeah. And they get it all pushed in. Because I, I think I was expecting Rex to be dead due to his previous injury. Hmm. Um, rather than. Uh-huh. Now, you know, here's, here's going to be an odd criticism. The rhythm for the, the, the day thou gavest is, I think, is irregular. If I put it mildly, <laughs> the, the, the 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 rhythm is different. Oh right. Uh, the way they've done this seems is not classic. Because I actually quite like I like him a lot, um, but but it's still good to hear. Maybe it's going to be the new um, God Rest Merry Gentleman, <laughs> which is obviously the evil Christmas one. This was quite effective as to showing who's actually alive and who's dead. Yeah. Which worked quite nicely. Then it's like, oh, who's dead? I thought, yeah, I, I was... Ah. Uh, I was surprised that um, Mole Woman was... Uh, got through undiscovered to this point. And also just tying back to Esther's family. That was quite nice, but we didn't really see very much of them. They... She, she was just slightly crazy. We never saw the kit. We saw the kits, didn't we? Briefly in episode three, I think. Oh, it was, it was a little bit behind the door or something. Mm. Um, and here's the uh, please recommission us for another series scene. Now this, I think, is the worst thing they have done in the entire series. Is you've made some really bland bogeymen, and then you're going to bring them back. Do something different. Please do not make them recurring characters. Unless you're going to do something different with them. Um, it's just... Uh, I was annoyed at this point. Hmm. What do you think of the idea of attempting to bring them back as recurring characters? 
I think you'd have to flush them out and do something a lot more interesting with yeah. them. I mean, I'd uh, be happy to see Jilly Kitsinger back in a future yeah. series of Torchwood. If, um... They're starting again. It's just like, the seeming that they want to do the same thing. Which I suppose they probably would. But it's just like, well, we've already done this and failed. Do something else. Kill them, or just ignore them for a little bit mm. and do something else well I mean it would be quite nice if they do do another series of Torchwood if they just dispatch the families in a pre-title sequence and then get on with something completely different yeah it just seems a little bit what no please you know do something else unless of course they've got something up their sleeve they want to do but then I would have said well if you wanted to do that why didn't you do it the first time out um with the families shoe shot don't know what that was about I quite like this bit um, did you expect any of this this to happen um, I, I, I had an, I had well trying to uh, I, yeah I, I hadn't seen it coming in advance I, I was a bit yeah I was a bit surprised that Rex had survived mm. oh yes yeah, so, so 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 was I oh oh it does seem it's quite a nice twist but it's a bit strange that the whole shootout thing at the funeral um, and figure out who the leak was uh, Rex could handle this slightly better yeah you know, rather than obviously running towards him, towards her, sorry, and realising... Yes, that's a bit... Obvious. Oh, and we'll dispatch somebody. Oh, typical Americans yeah. with their guns. Shooting what moves. Now, at this point, I thought, oh, this is great. We think Rex is actually going to survive. As we survive. Oh, no, but they've killed her. Brilliant. And then it's just the tortured team again. But, yeah... Which is a bit of a twist, but then obviously what I'm thinking now is why don't they just transfuse Jack's blood into everybody? Well, I, I, I think what happened was that um, it only happened because Rex had his blood in him at the moment and oh, was turned okay. back by the miracle. Okay. So it's fairly difficult to, to replicate. replicate. Okay. But yeah, it's certainly. Um, sets up a major change of for um, just in the team Ooh. dynamics if they do another series so how, how, how would they how would that work two of them can't really die with thanks to Chris Chibnall <laughs> fate raised <laughs> for not writing an episode <laughs> Chris for not doing anything <laughs> helping in the planning it out apparently but yeah. 
Hmm. Yeah. So yes, it's been a very mixed bag. Yeah, it's... I actually think, even though the concept is interesting, I think the most successful parts of the series are actually those which decided will just be like a proper action adventure. Not the we'll throw bits in and blow things up, but as in, oh, there's a mole, there's leaks. Pretty much what it did towards the end, and it started moving. Yeah. But then it was just doing what we've seen done before and doing it reasonably well. It certainly isn't, doesn't distinguish itself in the marketplace of sci-fi stroke conspiracy thrillers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got its quirky elements, but I, I think it doesn't have the clarity of purpose and uh, vision that Children of Earth had. No. And um, I think just thematically, it's rather less interesting. It's like, okay, it's kind of going over the same kind of stuff with... Oh yes, we can be just as evil as the Nazis uh, in the right situation, sort of showing the darker side of human nature mm-hmm. type thing. But I didn't find it entirely convinced. For example, last week with them searching for her dad hidden behind the walls, obviously evoking Jews, oh, like, of course, like yeah. hiding and Frank, all that kind of thing. Oh. Now. But it didn't make sense to me why they would expend the resources chasing after mm. people hi- hiding the Category 1s. Because surely if they were off the hands of the government... That's and, a good thing. Um, ...so on, they wouldn't really care. Yeah. Uh, I don't see what ideological reason they'd have for going after them in that way. So it was pushing the... Parallels, the Holocaust Mm. parallels, but not in a way that made sense Mm. within the context of the show, uh, in the context of the situation presented. And so it didn't, I I felt that undermined that aspect and it didn't really do anything new of it compared to Children of, of Earth. There were moments that were fairly well handled inside the camp. Some of the scenes there were uh-huh. quite strong, but it didn't really follow through uh, on that consistently. <laughs> it's back to normal for torture, really, <laughs> yeah. after yeah, the aberration, a- aberration of, children, of children of Earth. Tortured as a whole, I feel, um, it's got the potential to be great. Children of Earth showed that it can reach that, but uh, it's just a bit of a muddle and it's hard to get it to work together consistently in the way that works as as a whole. And I know that some people really love it, there are uh, its fans, but after having been won over by Children mm. of Earth, this has made me think, meh, meh. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing because there is so much you could do with the set up of this hmm. and lots of in- I think it was discussed throughout I mean as to how you make it into a workable thing it may be more difficult than we're making out but there is a lot of potential there to actually make something different make something interesting and it's just depressing that they haven't even seemed to 
try and I, fa- well I think they have tried and I think no they- no no what I was meaning was that it doesn't seem a glorious failure is what I'm saying it seems mm. that they just got a bit muddled they've lost the concept by way they haven't kept the concept central they haven't tried to move the concept all the way through consistently that's what I'm trying to say if it had failed and it done that I think I'd have more respect for it yeah because it actually tried to Keep to it. It hasn't worked, you know. Whatever, but it kept it. It hasn't tried. It doesn't seem to have done it, which is the most disappointing, I yeah. would say, for it. So it's, it's not they haven't tried. It's just that they haven't kept the convictions that they had to start with mm. and melt it all the way through. I think what it needs to do is to, if he's going to come back again, he's to stay in one place. We don't want to split it between the US and Cardiff too hard, unless you can mesh it together better. Because otherwise you're just tokenly coming back to see characters. You need to keep it in one place. You need, oh, well, not necessarily, I suppose you could make it more of a serial. I mean, unless they have to have one big concept for the entire series. Yeah. But it needs to know what it is and it needs to figure out what it can do and then do it rather than having an idea and then just trying to mesh things together as well as trying to take it over to the States. And I think taking it over to the States probably hampered it and it's, and it's idea, it, when it, we've, we've tried to keep with the whole Cardiff link as well. It's a difficult balancing act. Yeah. And I think Torchwood has always had the mix of the adult and the adolescent, adolescent, <laughs> um, and just being an adult spin-off of Doctor Who makes it a strange hybrid in yeah. the first place. And then crossing it with American drama as well, it becomes even weirder, uh, and I don't feel it's quite brought that off. Uh, I think I have enjoyed, in a qualified way, <laughs> it's it's certainly been entertaining on some level, even on uh, if some weeks that's been the level of just laughing at it a bit rather than uh, laughing with it. Or, um, But yeah, I, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not El Dorado. No. It, it's, but it's not a... I think basically what I'm grasping towards is it's a very much a muddle of mm. the good, the bad and the silly. <laughs> yeah, although it would be interesting to see... There were rumours that some fans were trying to edit it to like five episodes or something or, or, or more shut down. I mean, that would could be interesting, although it mm. still wouldn't be as interesting as it could have been. Uh, my recommendation with Torchwood is just to watch Children of Earth again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that's, that's pretty much what I suggest. You can watch it twice for, for the length of this. I'm very much uh, ambivalent now if it comes oh. back or not. I really don't no. uh, don't, don't mind. I, I'll check it out if it comes back, but I probably won't make won't commit to podcasting or uh, however many episodes if they do no. make it again. I'm not sure I... I'll put myself through that. Just it's the kind of thing I think I would have dipped in and out of this. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's what we think. Uh, if you're if you're more of a fan of it, faithful listeners of the podcast, then let us know uh, what you thought and uh, what appealed to you about it. Uh, we're very much. Uh, just laying out our opinion. We're right, of course. But, but tell us why we're wrong. But tell us why we're wrong. <laughs>
yeah so get in touch uh thanks for listening uh we hope you've enjoyed our torture podcast we i think we've got some reviews from james willett's coming up of classic Torchwood, uh, as in series one and two. So uh, he'll be looking back on those. Uh, also, we've got our spoiler-free preview of The God Complex, so uh, yes. today's Doctor Who episode up on the blog, uh, and we'll have plenty more uh, coming from the worlds of Doctor Who and beyond. We'll have the commentary up on Saturday. Yes. So stay tuned and keep listening. Thanks very much. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com, or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>